Hey, welcome to the podcast. And over the next few episodes, well, into probably next week, I'm going to be sharing with you stories from a book that I found a couple years ago that I think that you'll really enjoy. And it's called Rules for a Night by Ethan Hawke. And yes, the same Ethan Hawke that was in Gattaca and a bunch of other movies. But uh, it's pretty fascinating. His family had found uh, these letters uh, in their home that date back to the 15th century. And they were written to a uh, to a knight, well, a, a squire on his journey to, towards knighthood. And they applied to the characteristics of a knight. And um, these letters are actually written to the, uh, this knight's kids in case he doesn't come back from battle. And I found it that it was just, it's their short little little stories about these list of rules. And the rules are solitude, humility, gratitude, pride, cooperation, friendship, forgiveness, honesty, courage, grace, patience, justice, generosity, discipline, dedication, speech, faith, equality, love, and death. And we'll go through these lists of rules and the little short story that accompanies them from this night to his kids. And, uh, and it's more just guidance, uh, something he left behind for them. And I thought it pretty fitting for this podcast. So buckle up and enjoy. Cornwall, 1483. To my dear children, Mary Rose, Lemieux, Sven, and Ida. A dark wind murmurs secrets into my ear as I write to you this evening. Perhaps this whisper is only the deceitful voice of fear. But I must admit, I am afraid I will never see you again. This war has raised in pitch. And so too has my belief I will not live to enjoy the peace that follows. After my narrow escape at the last battle, I began to feel compelled to pass on to you Grandfather's list of rules. His rubric will help instruct you should I be unable to do so in person. It's important that you, Mary Rose, Sven, and Ida realize these rules have been written for me, a young man on his journey towards knighthood, but they apply just as surely to an inspiring lady such as yourself. If I return safely home from tomorrow's battle, all the better. But should I not, then turn to these pages whenever you might look for my voice and guidance. I do not want you children to use my untimely death or any setback that life may deliver as an excuse not to take responsibility for yourselves. Ida, on this day, the 21st of July, you are only four years old. And if my fear proves justifies, justified, you will not remember any aspect of me. For this, I am most sad. But none of you children yet know me as anything but a tall person who scolds or encourages you, or as a voice talking to your mother as you fall asleep. I have worked too hard in the last ten years and traveled too much. And now it seems I may miss your childhood entirely. This comes as a blow. 
I've been looking forward to your growing up and hoped we could over time know one another in more meaningful way. Tonight, I will share with you some of the more valuable stories, events, and moments of my life so that somewhere deep in the recesses of your imagination, these lessons might continue on in my and my experiences will live to serve a purpose for you. When I was a young man, I didn't know how to live. Evenings, I would carouse with my friends, fighting, drinking, and wreaking havoc all through the night hours. My mother died when she gave birth to me, and all during my teenage years, I'd learned I'd leaned on that tragedy as an excuse for my own destructive behavior. Sometimes, in a moment of reflection, I would seek solace in the chapel, my heart swollen with remorse over the suffering I had caused myself and others. My soul felt wild, and I could not discern for what reason I had been born. This lack of purpose weighed so heavily on me that at times I felt despondent, as if I were made of lead and sinking to the bottom of the ocean. Other times, my idle nature made me feel so light and insignificant, I worried I might float away. Finally, this crisis inside me rose to a deafening drum. I decided to seek out the wisest man I could find and ask him to tell me how to live. My mother's father, your great-grandfather, lived up in a wooded hill at the farthest reaches of our homeland, up near the plant barrow, far into the woods. Your great-grandfather had been one of the four surviving, surviving arrow riveters of King Henry's fifth longbowman at the battle at the age of 11. He was later knighted by King Henry himself widely admired throughout Cornwall. Grandfather was a powerfully built man with a wide gap between his front teeth. I had met him only on a handful of occasions as he and my father had a troubled relationship. Lemieux, you might have remembered grandfather. He tried to give you a toy wooden dagger and you cried. He looks like a dead person. Grandfather laughed. I came to my grandfather's door and knocked. When he answered, I said boldly, Everyone claims you are the wisest man in the realm. Please tell me how I should live. Why should I not cheat or steal? How do I keep from terrible attacks of fear? Why am I so inconsistent? Why do I do what I know I should not? Am I weak? Am I strong? Am I kind or cruel? I have been all of these things. I don't even truly understand the difference between right and wrong, just and unjust. And what does it, any of it matter, since in no time at all everybody I know will be rotting in the ground, feeding worms? The old man said, Would you like some tea? Yes, I responded, unsure if he had heard me, anything that I had said. Then sit down for a moment. Anxiously, I did as I was instructed. My grandfather set down two blue cups and poured some tea into the first, but he did not stop when the cup was full. He kept pouring and pouring until the hot tea spilled all over the table and splattered onto the floor. What are you doing? I shouted, jumping up, the hot tea scalding my legs. You are like that cup spilling over, 
said my grandfather. You cannot retain anything. There is too much going on, and you are splashing everywhere, burning what you touch. I just stared at him. Look at this cup, he said, pointing to the other small blue ceramic cup still sitting on the white tablecloth. It is not over-anxious to be filled. It sits patiently, unmoving and empty. Carefully, he poured a small amount of tea into that cup. You must be like this, he said, with a mischievous grin, gesturing to the steam gently rising from the second blue cup. Answers to your questions will come, but if you are not still and empty, you will never be able to retain anything. I sensed my shoulders drop and a smile come over my face. I knew I had come to the right place, I congratulated myself. Hmm, mumbled my grandfather. There was a long stillness. I'm glad, I'm glad you've come, Thomas, he said, piercing me with his ancient blue eyes. I've been hoping you'd show your face at my door for a long time, and I will happily accept you as my squire, if that is what you want. But the first thing you must understand is that you need not have gone anywhere. You are always in the right place at exactly the right time. You always have been. He paused at me. He paused and looked at me even more deeply. Do you know why King Arthur's knights could not see the mountain peak? I shook my head no, not understanding what he meant. Because, he smiled gently, that's where they were standing. I was 17 when Grandfather took me on as his apprentice. That was old for a squire. I had much to learn about chivalry. The first thing I was given was a small handwritten list entitled Rules for a Knight. So there's the opening to this book by Ethan Hawke, Rules for a Knight. And as he's talking to his kids about the rules that were passed down from his grandfather, because he apprenticed under his grandfather to become a knight, and he shares these 20 rules that we'll, we'll share in the next few episodes. Well, more than a few. There's 20 rules. So, um, you know, this is all about legacy. And this is what I love. I uh, love passing down wisdom um, that, in this case, is centuries old. Back in the 1400s, this was written. Um, Sir Thomas did not get to see his kids or be with his kids as they grew up. But he got to leave something for him that was passed down to him. And as we go through these 20 rules, you know, as I look at the names of each of the rules, you know, honesty, courage, patience, generosity, discipline, faith, solitude. You know, if you just apply some of these rules, because I've read this book a few times to your life, it's going to change your life significantly. Um, it's not going to be easy, but I think it's a fun way to go through this. And I think you'll enjoy it. These will be some of these episodes will be pretty short. Um, some will have examples and, and applied to, 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 to my life and uh, share them with you. So load up the next episode. We'll get right into it. Next one will cover solitude and humility. And there's a pretty cool story in there. All right. See ya.